Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. A few years ago, I was invited to speak at a business conference. My one and only business conference, by the way, so I obviously crushed it. Uh, I was invited to speak at a business conference, and the conference happened to be in Disneyland. So we get to Disneyland, and we had an afternoon free, so myself and maybe eight or ten other guys went into the park just to hang out. Nothing creepier than ten grown men in Disneyland. No kids around, just ten grown men. Like, that's weird. Uh, so we, we turn up to this ride. It's the Indiana Jones ride. And as we're standing in the ride, there's a sign that says, if you are extremely claustrophobic, exit the line now. You may find this uncomfortable. So as we're getting further and further down the line, we began to talk about, and mind you, this is a bunch of men. So we began to talk about, okay, who gets claustrophobic? And there wasn't, a, oh, me, there was like a little, oh, yeah, time is time, you know. And I watched this one individual get increasingly uncomfortable the shorter the line got. The closer we got to entering the ride, like sweat started, the old fidgets, like out the phone, the old fidgety and... I'm like, hey man, you're all right. He's like, I'm petrified right now. But it's too late. Like, you've got 10 guys, you've waited 30 minutes, you're at the front of the line. If you were to like exit now, your next two days are gonna be miserable. I promise you that. So he stayed in, he pushed through. So I'm trying to distract him, and I say, hey, let's just say you were in a room that was closing in and you had all of your friends. Who would you oust if you were running out of room? Like if you had all your friends in a room and you were losing less space and you had to get rid of some, who, so we're talking along and he's, he's naming names, which was good because I didn't know any of his friends, so that was easy. Uh, but as we get in there, now this ride, it was petrifying. We're sitting in this room and the walls are coming in from every direction. The roof is getting lower and, and we find ourselves crouching. Now we all survived, clearly, uh, but it was a petrifying Time. Can I tell you that as Christians, we were never meant to live in a diminishing space, but God's plan was that we would walk into a future that is big and bright. And what COVID has done is it's caused us to live on the back foot, feeling like the world is diminishing and the world is getting smaller, when really if we live in God's plan, His plan is that we would get bigger and brighter and that the future would be more expansive, let less expansive. And COVID doesn't trump God. Come on, wherever you are, COVID doesn't trump God. But the reality is over this pandemic, particularly when it comes to relationships, I've watched lockdowns and some of the things that we've gone through cause people to shrink back when it comes to those who they interact with. That we isolate not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and relationally and as it feels like the walls are closing in, so to speak, our engagement with others has been significantly reduced. And if we're not proactive about getting out and building great relationships and great friendships and connections, then it doesn't happen. Like you don't just bump shoulders with your neighbors when you're in a lockdown. There has to be an intentional engagement to talk to them, whether it's across the fence, whatever that is. We need to not live by the restrictions placed on us 
us when it becomes to the relational part of our world. God doesn't want that to shrink. In fact, He wants us as Christians, Jesus said it, go and be a light in a dark city. Go and be salt wherever you are. Go and take what I've done in you and spread it everywhere. You know, society has seen huge shifts to online groups. What used to meet physically now meets online. Now we can actually not just meet online, we can meet physically, but people are choosing to meet online, and that's fine, as long as it's not a heart posture of I'm just shutting people out. I've watched so many of my own friends become increasingly isolated, and where there used to be a voice that they trust in their world, There's no longer that voice that they trust in their world. And all of a sudden, they end up with these crazy thoughts and crazy ideas, and no one has the ability to speak into it. And here's the deal. They have all belief, but no community to outwork it, and it's cost them dearly. And I wonder today if we were to stop and compare 2019, before all this madness happened, to 2022, How's your relational world? How's your world when it comes to others, not just inside the church, but outside the church? When it comes to engaging, and we're supposed to be called salt and light. And yeah, you can do a little bit of light in, in, inside a church. There are some people who, how many know there are some people that come in here and they're pretty dark? Don't, nod, don't nudge anyone, don't look at anyone. But the purpose of salt and light is not primarily for a Sunday service at 10 a.m. It's so that we can go out into the world and make a difference wherever we are. That our relational world shouldn't be shrinking, but it should be getting bigger so that we can take our salt and our light. You know, there's a multi concept that I practiced this word before the service and I've gone a blank, so I'm not even gonna try because I'll butcher it. But the concept is this as long as you're living and breathing, as long as you're part of humanity, that it's God's design, we cannot divorce ourselves from others. That our actions and our lives are all intertwined together. That how I live my life doesn't affect just me, but it affects others in my world. That how I walk out my life and my faith and my belief and my challenging times and my mountaintop moments, how I outwork and outwalk that is not just about me, but it's about others. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, the last thing he said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Isn't it amazing that he qualifies, I've been given all authority. So whatever I say now is on the basis of me having all authority. So it's not based on your background or your personality type or if you're a number eight or a number one Enneagram, this applies to you, but it doesn't apply to anyone else. If you're a sanguine, it applies to you, but it doesn't apply to anyone. He said, I've been given all authority. Therefore, Go and make disciples. Jesus followers. In the original language is followers of the way. What's the way? It's the way Jesus would do life. Go and make people followers of the way Jesus would do life. 
of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of it. Don't question it. Not up until 2019 when the world goes crazy and be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the ends of the age. Do you know that God has called you and I to live a life that's bigger than ourselves. The minute our world shrinks down to my goals and my hopes and my rights and my dreams and my future and my, I think we're limiting what God wants to do in and through our life. Do you know, for 30 years, we just celebrated 30 years, been kind of hijacked by some lockdowns, but we will celebrate 30 years when, as soon as we can. But as a church, we just crossed over the 30-year mile marker. Do you know that we've never existed for us? We've always existed for a community who's yet to know Christ, who's yet outside of the walls of who we are. Pastor Paul and Marie arrived here 30 years ago with three kids under 10 years old. Why? Because they didn't like the church they were in? Oh, quite the contrary. They loved the church they were in, but they heard a call from heaven saying, would you go and plant? a church that's not just another church on the corner that mobilizes people to go out into their world and be salt and light to hear the voice of heaven that says go and make disciples followers of Christ here's the deal you fast forward 30 years how many marriages have happened in the context of life how many internal worlds that were shattered have been restored how many people have found hope by walking into a, maybe a connect group, maybe a life group, maybe youth on Friday nights, maybe kids? Maybe, how many people have walked into an environment of life and found hope and purpose in it? Why? Because 30 years ago, a couple heard from heaven and said, God, I'll say yes, and my life will count for more than just me, but I'll go in and I will use my life to see others benefit. That's not a Pastor Paul and Marie call. That is a Christian call that every person who knows Jesus, you are men. Mandated, and I use that word intentionally, mandated from heaven to go into your world, mask or no mask, and make a difference wherever you go, to bring light and bring hope wherever you go. I love Joshua chapter nine. I'm gonna use some words emphatically here to kind of set up what I want us to spend the rest of our time on. Joshua chapter one, verse one through nine. Now it came to pass about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Moses, servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and cross this Jordan, you and all these people, you and them, you and them that are following, you and them that are in your world, you cross the Jordan to the land which I am giving them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with 
you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall give them possession of the land which I swore to them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all that is according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the left or the right so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is according that is written in it. For then you will make your way, God, make my way successful. Then you will make your way prosperous and successful and you will have great success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to picture it. Joshua is standing on one side of the Jordan. He's standing in his now. He's standing in the midst of restrictions of COVID and a pandemic and issues that he never thought he'd face. There is a Jordan in between him and the land that God was giving him. There was a promised land. There was freedom. Now, I don't want to minimize your freedom to COVID going because, friend, it is so much more than that. Don't get so caught up with a temporary thing that will be here today and in the future will be gone. The promised land is about you having internal freedom, about you coming into everything that Jesus died for you to have so that you can be reconciled in relationship with the Father and live the plans he has for you. Joshua is standing. And in between him and the promised land is the Jordan. And God says, you cross the Jordan and take them into the promised land that I have given to them. Joshua's success was not based on him walking into everything God has for him. But Joshua's success was based on him taking the them in his world into the promised land that God had for them. Church, it was for Joshua, it is for us. There is a promised land for people in your world and it is God's plan and God's idea and God's desire that you would create a pathway from where you are over to the promised land so that you can live in the promised land and also the people who are attached to your world can get something from God that Jesus died for them to have. It's not just about us. It's about them. Spend a bit of time in Cambodia back when we could get on those things called planes. I remember like it was yesterday, uh, the guy who I was with took me to this absolute slum in Cambodia. Like abject poverty. It was actually built on an old rubbish dump. They filled the rubbish dump up and they didn't have the technology to push it back into the ground and separate all the biodegradable stuff. They literally just filled the rubbish dump up. When it got full, they went and created another rubbish dump. So these people who were poor created a community within the rubbish dump. I walk in there and there was this American couple who had lived in there for years. So we sat down and got to have a conversation and over the course of a conversation, 
I heard their story that they felt a nudge from God after a friend of theirs who was a missionary came back and told some stories and God stirred something in them. And they sold their business and moved to Cambodia to make a difference to what is commonly in Cambodia referred to as the rubbish dump people. And this is what came out of their mouths. I have never felt more alive and vibrant in the middle of a slum and a dump versus suburban America. Now, not for a minute am I saying if you open your heart to God, he's gonna send you to Cambodia to the dump. But what I am saying is life and vibrancy and purpose doesn't come out of following your dreams and your desires and my hopes and my rights. It comes out of discovering what Jesus wants me to do and giving my all to that so that I can get into my promised land and take them. Now you arise and go over the Jordan, you and all these people. Here's my big idea for today. What God has for me is for me and them. Church, listen, this year I'm prophesying, we're gonna see more people discover Jesus than we ever have before. But it's not just about a Sunday decision, it's about a church that's ready to gather around them and love them and say, I'm headed to my promised land, get in line and we're gonna head on over to what Jesus has for us. So who are the them in your world? Who's the them in your life? I'll tell you who it is for me. It's Amanda, Micah, Kyla, Judah. And my prayer is that as a dad, as someone who's been entrusted with these incredible gifts, that I wouldn't just live a life that shows them success in one area, but I would live a life that, that creates a pathway for them to go into the promised land that Jesus has for them, that they would live in freedom and confidence and a security and trust in the God that has their back and a plan for them. That's who it is. You know who else it is? It's our church. You know who my them are? In fact, you know who all of our staffs, them are? You. Every campus, every local. Our prayer is that everything we do creates a pathway for us to get a little bit more possession of what God has for us. Every service, every youth ministry, every group, every email that goes, everything we do is not because we're bored, trust me. It's so that we would go into the promised land and them would come with us. You know who the them is? It's my neighbors. We've been living in the same house for five years now and we're only just now building enough relationship where two weeks ago, if you're online, you know who you are, God bless you. Two weeks ago, one of my neighbors called me and said, hey, I'm going through this dark time. What does the Bible say? We've never had a God conversation. But I said to him, hey, if you tune in on Sunday, then you'll see what we do. Because I believe God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not church, it's about you discovering what God has for you, which includes a healthy church. Who's, who's, the, who's the them in your world? Because when we live a me and them life, it changes generations. The Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, God builds. 
And we live in an instant gratification generation where we think that in 12 months we should take a giant leap forward. Here's what I've noticed. All the heroes in my life, Pastor Paul Diong, uh, Pastor Marie Diong, Pastor Steve Kelly, Bill Tehanchek, all the heroes in my life who are that little bit ahead of me. Sorry, Pastor Paul, who are that little bit ahead of me. They didn't take giant steps just for 40 years. They kept taking little steps in the same direction. And when they look back, it looks like a giant step. But when we live a me and them life, it changes generation. We cannot divorce ourselves from the choices we make to those who are connected to my life. When I make a choice, it either benefits them or hinders them. And this isn't a condemnation message. Maybe you've made some choices that you wish you hadn't have made. That's all right. Moses killed people. Then he turned around, gave his life to God, and led people into, out of Egypt. The apostle Paul murdered Christians, had a God moment and said, I'm not gonna live like this anymore. Now wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and we are in church today because the apostle Paul decided to live a me and them life. Friend, what would your kids look like? What would your grandkids look like? What would your workplace look like? What would your neighborhood look like? What would your marriage look like? If we really decided to live a me and them life, that if we really took Jesus at his word and said, go and make disciples, go and make Jesus followers, go and teach people the way of Jesus, we we can't force someone to do anything, but we can be real clear on, hey, you're making a dumb call because it's not in the way. This is the way Jesus would do it. What would our world look like? Because it could change generations. Here's an email I received in 2017. I walked into life in 2009, and from anyone looking in at my life, it was great, but it was anything but great. My career was soaring, but my relational world was not. My wife and I couldn't, find to, couldn't seem to find ourselves on the same page. I struggled as a parent raising teenage kids, and I didn't get on with my parents who lived with us. Good Lord. Today, you did the altar call, and after worship, my father lifted his hands at the end. And after the preacher did his bit, after the preacher did his bit, we stood up and we worshiped again. I stood there with tears running down my face as for the first time in my life, my kids, my wife, and my dad were all worshiping Jesus. Listen, thank you for all the messages, the marriage courses, the kids workers, the youth pastors, because myself and my wife wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for others investing into us. Do you know that at the end of life, the most fulfilling thing won't be a bank account. It'll be the others we invested into. It'll be the others who we had a small part to play in them discovering the promised land that God has for them. Let me finish off with a couple of traits of what it, what it is like to live a me and them life. Hopefully you're with me at all the other campuses, locals in the park. We've got locals in parks all over our city, uh, which is awesome. It's south and north and, and central. It's, it's awesome. But uh, hey, a couple of traits of someone living a me and them life. Number one, live boldly. 
Don't live timidly, live boldly. Joshua 1.6 says, be strong and courageous for you shall give them possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Why do we wanna live strong? Why do we wanna live boldly? So that they can take possession of the land that God's given them. How do you take your eyes off the storm and not be consumed by the storm? By putting our eyes on others and saying, how do I help others get through what they're going through? You know, I was a youth pastor many moons ago. Thank God I was delivered from those days. I did youth ministry for 10 or 15 years. And I remember in the States, there's this very clear line of a youth leader pastor cannot go into a high school during school hours. It's a separation of church and state. So I had this couple of young guys in our youth ministry. Their names were Matt and Dave. Matt and Dave came to me one day. They went to Landstown High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And they came to me one day and they said, hey, we've got this idea. You're not allowed to come in during school hours, but in a few months' time, we've got homecoming. Homecoming is where you as a school put together your best football team and another school puts together their best football team and they come together and they have a big football match. Honestly, it blow your mind. There's like 10 to 15 to 20,000 people turn up to these high school football matches. We can't get that for the Warriors, but there's, that's how many people. You're like, what if at halftime we said we'll put on the halftime show? Our church, we had a bunch of Navy SEALs and some of them were um, parachute instructors. So they're like, what if we got some of the Navy SEALs to parachute into the football field and get up and just talk about what it means to make great choices and put your life on a good path? And then we invited them to a after homecoming party where we went out and we got TVs and Xboxes and we gave them away and one of the SEALs then got up and they actually talked about their testimony and the only reason they can do what they do is because they are followers of Jesus and then you could get up and do an altar call. I'm like, sounds like a great idea. They're never gonna buy it. Youth pastor of lots of faith. So they went and pitched it to their principal and the principal signed it off. So we, I'm like, yeah, but the Navy SEALs, they're not gonna wanna do that. They went, these guys went and pitched it to the Navy SEALs. They were in. I'm like, well, you need to go and find some TVs and Xboxes because I can't pay for them. So they went and talked to Circuit City and Circuit City were in. We've got two TVs, two Xboxes and a whole bunch of other stuff. They're like, okay, what now? I'm like, I'm fresh out of excuses. Let's do it. Homecoming day happens. 20,000 people. Half time, someone gets up and goes, look to the sky and four of our church Navy SEALs come in. One of them gets up and does a minute 30 motivational speech because that's all he got. And at the end of it said, hey, I've got some Xboxes and stuff to give away. Meet me in the hall afterwards. We're gonna talk about some stuff. I've got some, good Lord. Anyway, so he said that. So we go into the hall. He gets up. We do a bunch of games, a bunch of giveaways. He does a 15-minute speech. I do an altar call and 76 young people make decisions for Christ out of which 32 of them became a permanent part of our youth ministry week on week. Why? Because a couple of guys said, I'm not just here to get an education, I'm here to bring Jesus to my high school. 
I'm not here just to get what I can get out of it. I'm here to bring salt and I'm here to bring light. Church, as we move into a year where we're believing for more salvations than ever before, more of the supernatural than ever before, it's not about a Sunday morning. This is about a moment where God can speak to us and God can crystallize and God can infuse us and God can put dreams and there can be a catalytic moment. Come to church so you can have that catalytic moment so that He, the Holy Spirit can lead you into the week that He has to live a bold life where you don't have to walk in with a I love Jesus t-shirt, but your life speaks of a God who is alive and a God who is real and a God who's got a plan and a promised land for everyone in your world. Live bold. Secondly, live focused. Joshua 1 verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right of the left. There you may be successful wherever you go. You know, when you know what your kingdom purpose is, you bring kingdom purpose into every detour that comes your way. How many in 2019 had as your 2019 New Year's resolution, maybe north or south or one of our locals, maybe your res- whose resolution was let's have lots of lockdowns in the next two years? Or mine. It's called a detour. But look at me. A detour in the natural does not detour the purposes of God on your life. It's time for so many people to get out of pause mode. Stop hunkering down and let's get on the front foot, get on the offensive of whatever my life looks like within these current realities. I am there to live with purpose. I am there to bring kingdom hope. I am there to bring kingdom light. I am there to bring kingdom infusion to everyone who I am talking to because I can live purpose. You know that Jesus lived on purpose but constantly was interrupted by people. He was interrupted all the time. There's so many times where it says Jesus was on his way to, you know, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he said he had to go through Samaria. Look at your map. He didn't have to go through Samaria. There was a, there was a more direct route from where he was going to where he ended up. He had to go through Samaria, not because of geography, but because of the call of God on his life. We have to go through some stuff because we're there to bring a promised land experience for those who are in the valley with us. And we can say, we're not gonna stay here. We're gonna get to the other side side. We're going to get out the other side. I'm going to find my promised land. Come on with me because when God gives it to me, I'll give it to you. It doesn't give you a messianic complex. You're not Jesus. But in my own experience, the reason I've got breakthrough in so many areas of my life is because someone in my world said, I've crossed that Jordan. I used to be where you are. I wasn't given the greatest start in life in terms of an example for marriage. I've raised teenage girls. One of the most terrifying things any male can go through. Why? Because they're terrifying? No, because you have no idea what you're doing. And you have no idea who's going to wake up in the morning. But that's a whole different story. Have you got people in your world who have crossed the Jordan that you're facing? Have you got people in your world who need to cross some of the Jordans that you've already gone over? 
and they're just waiting for you to live focused. Let's dial in. Because I suspect that the people who God wants you to take into the promised land for them are already in your world. We just got to focus on them and live a little bit intentional. Live with kingdom purpose. You know, when you're up to your neck in Jordan, you ever had a moment in life where you're like, man, I'm just up to my neck in Jordan at the moment. Like I'm doing everything I can just to keep my head above water and everything in you wants to get out and quit. Everything in you wants to give up. Man, the promised land is for someone else. This is too hard. I'm up to my neck in it. Do you know there's times in my life where I'm like, man, I've, I've been to see a counselor every month to get through my daddy issues. Because trust me, I had a heap of them. And at some point it was like, man, this is too tough. But all I gotta do is look around and see the them behind me. See Micah, Kyla, Judah. The people in our church who I've had the privilege of playing a small part in their life to see them get freedom. And when I look around, I'm like, okay, I can keep going. Because it's not just about me. It's about them. Church, let's be committed to living a me and them life. What would it look like this week if you were to live boldly? What would it look like this week if you were to live courageously? Band, you can come on back. What would it look like this week if you were to live with a kingdom focus? Not change your job, but take kingdom focus into your job. And that we were to open our eyes and see the them that God has attached to us to cross some Jordans into the promised land. Whatever campus you're in, whatever local you're in, would you close your eyes for a moment? I wanna believe God for a moment that every one of us would be stirred for the them in our life. That we would get a fresh picture of the promised land and a commitment to live a me and them life this week. Live bold and live focused. Father, I pray for every person who is in church today. God, would you help us to see the them in our life? Jesus, we thank you that you have all authority. And with that authority, you command us to go and to make. God, I pray that there would be dozens and dozens and dozens of people that would enter into the promise that you have for them because of our decision right now to live a me and them life. Holy Spirit, lead us this week to have the right conversations with the right people so that your kingdom would advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.